Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to Paradox. I'm Josh. And I'm Jimmy. We are excited to have Mary Jo Sharp on the show today. Mary Jo, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Glad to be with you. Thank you for being on. Uh, Mary Jo is a former atheist. Uh, she is now a believer, and she's actually, she specializes in apologetics. She's a certified apologetics instructor with the Southern Baptist Convention. She's assistant professor of apologetics um, at Houston Baptist University. She's a faculty member at Summit Ministries. She is an author, speaker, and blogger. And her latest book is Living in Truth. Let me make sure I get this right. Confident Conversation in a Conflicted Culture. Mary Jo, how did I do? You did great. <laughs> Perfect. Now, why did you see the need to, to, to write that book and kind of what, um, what caused you to, to, to go on that adventure of writing it? Oh, yeah. That's um, due to the fact that Why Do You Believe That?, which was a Bible study I wrote for Lifeway, uh, released in 2012. That one was doing so well, um, but it was just an introduction to apologetics through conversation. It was trying to push people out of the church bubble and into conversation with people who disagree with them. That one did very well. And so um, people were saying, I, I like that, but it was very introductory. Can we go deeper? So living in truth goes deeper into the, the arguments on science and faith, the problem of evil. Is Jesus just another you know, Horus, Osiris, a pagan god? So it goes deeper into that while maintaining that conversational feel. Um, it follows the same pattern as the first one as far as, you know, knowing, listening, questioning, and responding to people. So that's, wh that's why I wrote it was really because of the need for another deeper. Um, and so it sounds like really anyone could connect with it even if they're not apologists. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, what, what do you, Mary Jo, say to your average Christian person um, in all the years uh, that I've taught and I've, you know, I've just taught in the church and taught a lot of apologetics books and curriculum and stuff, I, I tend to see guys more interested in this than females. Um, some females like it, but it's, it's a lot of times the guys that kind of hook on to, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, the, the, what is the anthropo, what is it? What are the certain things that are true about the earth? Oh yeah. I see you've got several things like the, um, te teleological argument, the, um, I think you're thinking of the argument, the fine tuning argument, which yes. is its common name, you know, where the, the earth is finely tuned just right. right and if it was just slightly off then life if wouldn't any arise of these yeah. 52 things were slightly off you know that yeah exist but guys kind of get into that more logical you know fact driven and so many ladies just go well i don't need that i mean i fine if you do but i just don't see a need for it what do you do when someone just goes oh my goodness science uh math i just i just want to believe in jesus and go on down the road oh yeah well the, one of the things that i address is that you know our culture is changing 
Uh, we came from more of a, a culture of Christianity, generally speaking, in which people understood more about basic Christianity. Uh, so the average person you were talking to, you could say something uh, from the Bible, or you could say something about Jesus or reference some Christian value or doctrine. And people not only understood what you were talking about, but believed it a lot of times, even if they didn't know, you know, necessarily um, great things about Christianity, they, they had a general understanding. But the more secularized our society becomes, our culture becomes, the, the less knowledge people have about basic Christian things. Right. And so you, you know, as a Christian, you have this desire to share this great news about Jesus Christ, to share the truth. Um, and you're, you're talking to people to whom that's foreign language a lot of the times. So um, one of the reasons that we need to care about the things that you were talking about, you know, about science, about what's going on culturally and the shift towards, well, sayings like science is the only way to know truth is that when you go to talk to somebody, they're going to reject what you're saying outright before hearing the message of the gospel, because right. they have these false beliefs that have been given to them through the culture, that shift of uh, thinking. Right. So the days of the Bible says it, and I believe it, and that settles it, are kind of gone. Yes. Sadly, they are. And I know people don't want to give that up, but that is just not the world in which we live. Uh, it's, it's more than that now. Um, so I'm a young Christian family, you know, early 30s, got two kids. My next door neighbor is an atheist and a good friend. How in the world do I begin this conversation with them and not just totally screw it up and then end up Buddhist. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a great example. Um, so the, the thing that I like to focus on in my ministry is I, I definitely have sort of an evangelistic focus because I want to be in conversation with people. But I, I always pull people back to the basis for how we're going to get into these conversations. And that goes back to the individual believer Inside and then inside of the situation you're describing in the individual home. So for um, for my own home, um, we just talked about these sorts of things. I was excited as the parent in the household about learning about God. I was excited about the doctrines of the Christian faith. I was excited about learning about my faith, about these arguments that you're talking about. And because I myself was excited, these are the kinds of things that we ended up talking about, you know, what, are, what really gets you going? What lights your fire? Well, if it's apologetics, well, if it's, wow, the reality of God, then these kind of things spill out from who you are. I, I warn people when they meet me, I'm eventually getting around to the Bible, Star Wars, or Lord of the Rings. Those are the things that just sort of <laughs> like spew out of me. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so how did we miss each other? And we're like two ships passing in the night. <laughs> right. <laughs> you sound like the perfect female. <laughs> I would go that far. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these are the kinds of things we talk about. And, you know, if our neighbors are going to be friends with us, if we're going to be friends with them, that's the person that I am. And so these things are going to come out in conversation with them. And a lot of the time I've seen in my past, I've tried to force a situation to happen. I've tried to force an unnatural conversation, you know, like, how do I get them to talk to me about Jesus? Instead of thinking, 
well, why don't I just be a Christian? This is who I am. This is the yeah. kind of thing I think about all the time, the problem of evil. And, you know, and then I find that any conversation can lead me back towards talking about, well, how do we know it's good? Um, how do we get a standard of goodness? And these are the kinds of things we can talk about that lead towards a conversation with God with people who aren't believers or don't know the language. Now, one thing real quick is, especially with the rise of relationship evangelism, you know, years ago, we today, today it seems like we're so afraid we're working on the relationship and we're so afraid, okay, they've just asked a question or they've just made a statement. The door has flung wide open to address this, but oh my goodness, what if me saying this is going to damage the relationship? There seems to be a hesitancy to approach truth with a friend. Yeah. That you might offend them. That's a good point. And um, I think that what we're seeing in that cultural shift, we've, uh, we've moved to this, what we call the public-private split, where some, some things that you know, we, un- we can have knowledge of are private things like religion, morals, those sorts of things. Then there's other things that belong in the public sphere, such as science, politics, education, and they, they are absolutely to remain separate. That's that is the like the myth of our current culture. Mm-hmm. It comes from the what Nancy Piercy and Francis Schaeffer called the sacred secular split that we believe some things are sacred, like going to church, belief in God, um, our values, and then some things are secular, like the other list that I gave of science and all that. And I think what this does is it causes when Christians adopt this idea that there's this absolute split in their mind of some things are sacred, some things are secular. When they start living that way, that's when they feel the hesitancy to engage in the talk of the sacred because they're not viewing everything as sacred, right? And there's no place in the Bible where we see this sort of split. So this is a cultural shift rather than um, being something that comes from God. And I think it intimidates a lot of people from talk. I know I was one of those people. I was intimidated to talk about my belief in God because I viewed it was shoving my religion on people because I had the sacred secular split going on in my mind. Well, some things are private like religion and whatever they believe is for them and what I believe is for me. And, you know, we shouldn't, I shouldn't try to push something on them, but that's just an absolute myth. Is that more of a Western split? Yeah, I believe so. Because uh, when I talk to Muslims, uh, they don't have that split going on. Um, so you were once an atheist. You were once that neighbor. Uh, kind of tell us about the circumstances that led to your own faith. Yeah, I was that neighbor. I, and I was atheist because I just grew up um, out of church and in the Pacific Northwest. And I just wasn't around a culture of Christianity. So uh, the event, the sort of events that led me up to that were that I had... Um, yeah, as I was getting to be an older Christian, or sorry, not a Christian, an older teenager. I don't know how I equated those two. <laughs> as I became an older teenager, I started to have questions because I had been raised on a steady diet of, you know, naturalism, science shows. I had a lot of culture in my life. Um, you know, Portland was just rich in culture, but it just, you know, I had no exposure to Christianity. Now, the, I had a high school band director who was a Christian. 
And for the people who don't know, I taught uh, band for eight years in the public schools. So my my thought from the time I was a sophomore in high school was I wanted to be a band director, just like my band director. Like I wanted to portray that love of music to people. Well, he was really burdened for me. And um, I wouldn't even really known that he was Christian or wouldn't know how to describe him as a Christian um, because it was so private in the Northwest. But he took a step, um, I would say, of faith, and he shared with me that uh, he gave me a Bible my senior year wow. of high school, and he said, when you go off to college, you're going to have hard questions. I hope you'll turn to this. That was his first time to share his faith like that, to give like a, you know, a testimony to anyone. Wow. And it really impressed me. I, I read that Bible, and that brought me to belief in God. Hmm. Um not to trust in Jesus. That came later. I went off to college and did the reverse of most people. What we're hearing, <laughs> I went off to college and found Jesus um, once I heard the gospel at a church that I was invited to. Now, I have a, a buddy that um, said he might have been a band nerd, but he wasn't the nerd in the band. Were you the nerd in the band? Yeah, I mean, I became the band director. That <laughs> tells you anything. Um, so your your latest uh, Bible study. Why do you believe that? Um, kind of tell us a, a little bit about that, and why do you feel like it's important for others to know why they believe? Okay, yeah. Um, why do you believe that is a like I said earlier? It's a little bit of a conversation starter. It gets people. It's intending to get people out of the Christian bubble, and um, so that you know. A lot of times people say, well, like you mentioned earlier, I don't, I don't know why I need to know all this stuff. And I was, you know, about science or about the culture or about some arguments against the existence of God. And that's when I go, oh my goodness, like you're not talking to people who don't believe in God, because if you were, you would have that need would be established, right? Somebody's questioning your belief. And so, or, or they've said something against your belief. So you need to answer that, right? And uh, so I wrote this study to help ease people into conversation uh, more naturally. Uh, and uh, there's four elements to the conversation that I bring up, which I've already mentioned, which is like knowing what you believe. Sure. When you become the kind of person that knows the faith, these are the kind of things you talk about. So knowing what you believe and then really spending time to listen to people to really find out what it is they believe and why. Sure. So you can better minister to them. And through listening to people, letting them speak about it, their atheism or their Buddhism or their you know, belief in Islam, you can find points of communication. You can find things you have knowledge in to discuss with them rather than feeling like you're burdened to bring like a whole set of ideas or a whole set of scriptures into the conversation mm -hmm. to guide them through. Uh, so listening helps you find those points of communication where you're already confident and then questioning I really stress in the book that a lot of people don't question enough. Christians are busy answering. We're not busy questioning. And we should be questioning a lot of the things we hear. Yeah. So it teaches them questions to ask. Yeah. And those questions, I think, make a lot of people nervous. Yeah. And no, it's not the point, <laughs> right? We don't want to make people nervous. We want to help them uncover the truth of their own belief. Yeah. Well, I think that anxiety helps in discovering that. Right. So, uh, or it can at some level. Right. Holding to a belief without knowing why you hold to it. Um, I, yeah, I think that would make you uncomfortable, I guess. Uh -huh. But what I'm what we want to do is we want to make them 
understand maybe the bankrupt nature of a belief that they're holding to and so that they can change that and find the truth. And then the last section is just responding. So I help walk people through how to respond to uh, questions you're going to get or to the conversation and get get past roadblocks that might be keeping Mm -hmm. you from engaging. How much of that conversation can or even needs to happen within the home. I know we see a lot of parents that just, they feel like it's their spiritual responsibility to take their kids to church and let the ministers handle it. But how much of this type of conversation needs to happen within the home? I think that's such a great question. And this goes so deep within the problem of why kids are leaving the church. Um, As a public school teacher, when I was trained, well, when I was training for that, we learned the motto, more is caught than taught. And what this means is that you're modeling what you want to see in your students. And that's a, that's a vital point for parenting. You need to be modelers in the home of what you want to see in your kids when they do leave the home. You, if, if you're a questioner, if you're a person that, you know, listens well and um, engages right where the kids in your home are at, the questions that they have, um, maybe engaging them with some of the questions you have and working through those, then your kids will pick that up. They will become those kind of people. They start to mirror that behavior and you'll see it used in their adult life later on. Yeah. So I think this is a vital point to raising our kids and apologetics in the home is that these conversations absolutely must take place in the home because just taking them to church, well, you can kind of separate yourself as that's something we do, but if we sure. don't act like it in the yeah. home, then it's not who we are. Thank you. Yeah. Mary Jo, oh my goodness. Let's do this maybe five times a week. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be Uh, awesome, right? Thank you so much for doing this. And I'm telling you, we have a bond. Not only is it Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, Lord, could we talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) the love of the Sousaphone. All right. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Multiple levels. What in the world is a Sousaphone? You know, it's a phone. Mary Jo, what's a sousaphone? It's a tuba, but it's the uh, one that wraps around your body and has the bell at the top that you see in parades like and marching band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a band reference, Mary Jo, Josh. I got to tell you that he has not had this much of a connection and reaction to anyone else besides Gary Chapman. <laughs> and that was just sort of... I'm very honored. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, guys, if you want more information about Mary Jo... You can find her on our website, confidentchristianity.com. You can also find her on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. She is at Mary Jo Sharp. Mary Jo, thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Great, great. Great, great. We knew she'd be fantastic. I know. Please. But, we, you know, in trying to keep it, (laughs) I know people may get sick of us, you know, bringing people up that are talking about this. But it's because we feel its importance. And because I loved when she said, uh, if you don't see a need for it, you're in a Christian bubble. Mm-hmm. You're not having your faith challenged very much because you ought to be desperate for it because you're around lost people that are challenging you on your faith. And you want to know, it says, what would it be like to believe something and have no idea reason why to believe it? Mm-hmm. And so, well, I believe it because the Bible says it. Well, why do you believe the Bible? And that's where it stops. Yep. Well, because God said it was the Bible. And we, we go no further. And we've got to go further. The 1950s, gone. 
I loved her uh, public-private split. Yep, the you false know, dichotomy. I, I wanted to ask her, um, but then she kind of just started talking about it. Why do people have difficulty sharing their faith? You know, she was describing, you know, I'm a believer. I am, I'm about Jesus, Star Wars, and... The sousaphone. No, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Uh, and if you talk to me long enough, those three topics are going to come up. It was just was what she was about. It's not like she was, because I know a lot of people, me, for instance, you know, I, where can I work in scripture? You know, where mm -hmm. can I talk to people about Jesus? And it's like, well, just hang around her enough right. and, she, and it's, it's gonna eventually going to come out. Yep. And so it's just, she's living her life. And subsequently, it's just coming out naturally. And that's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. And it's... It finally put words to that struggle for me um, that we have um, things that we have made distinctively private that should just be the way we live life. I loved it when they, you know, they healed the man uh, in the Gospels and um, they came and said, hey, you're no longer supposed to be teaching or preaching in this name. And they said, well, we can't stop speaking about what we've seen we and heard. We can't help it. We can't. Well, I could if I would, but I can't. So I won't. I, I can't stop speaking. It just is who you are. And like I say, in, give it enough time, it's just going to come out. Great. Loved her. If you want more information about the show and links to anything that we talked about, check us out at paradoxpodcast.com. You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's Docs Podcast. Pretty much everybody can say all of this with me at this point. Mm -hmm. You can find me on those three platforms at Doc Josh Myers. On Facebook, Dr. Jimmy Myers, and on Instagram and Twitter at J Myers Fan. Take care. Thanks. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. If you are driving, say, on a highway, uh, you may want to pull over because I don't want what I'm about to say to shock you in any way and that you might endanger the lives of yourself or possibly other family members. I'm already offended. <sighs> Mom and dad, school is not that important.